welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashagro, and I have traveled to Dyersburg today to Sports Plus Dyersburg. Joining me in the kids' room, I guess, is where we are, is Kathy Sudbury, JT Sanders, and Matt Coleman. How are y'all today? Doing good. Doing great. Thanks for yeah, having us. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, and thanks for letting me come in to invade your space. <laughs> so we wanted to talk today about some most asked questions that physical therapists tend to get. Matt, I guess if you just want to start off by telling people a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then we'll, JT will go to you. And then we'll dive into those questions. Sure. Uh, my name is Matt Coleman. I'm a physical therapist here at Sports Plus Dyersburg. I've been here for the last seven years, really enjoyed it. And so it's a great place to work. Yeah. Uh, my name is JT Sanders. I'm a physical therapist assistant. I've been here for four or five years. I really enjoyed it. I'm from Dyersburg. It's a pretty cool town, but I know Dyersburg's better off for you guys being here and taking care of your patients and all that. So thank you for what you do. Kathy, we'll, we'll, we'll ask you the same question. I'm Kathy Sudbury, and I'm also from Dyersburg originally. So I've been with Sports Plus about 14 years now. West Tennessee Healthcare, 17 years. So been doing the marketing for all of Sports Plus locations. Keeping you busy. There's four, 14 of locations. 14 locations right? keeps us busy. Yeah. Keeps us going. That's great. Speaking of busy, I know you guys are busy as well with these questions, the most asked questions. So I guess what's the most common one you guys get? I bet probably relates to, you know, the no pain, no gain. Mm -hmm. Everybody's scared to come to physical therapy because it's going to be painful, correct? Absolutely. We see kind of both ends of the spectrum. We see people who are, you know, they're like, man, no pain, no gain. I'm going to push it. I'm um, going to work hard. And sometimes that works really good, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, And then we see the other end of the spectrum where people are just afraid to move and, and kind of to a detriment. Yeah, I know there's a lot of ones that um, when I'm talking to some patients that are coming, they're, they're worried that you're going to hurt them. They've just had surgery or they've hurt their self, one of the two, and they're in severe pain. How do you work those people in and calm them and get them to that point where you are able to maybe say, say it's their knee and they know it hurts and they don't want you to touch it. So how do you approach those patients? Yeah, first first off, we try to tell them that, you know, hey, this we understand that you're hurting and I don't know what your pain is like, you know, and, and try to tell them, you know, is this something that should be hurting, you know, and, and explain to them that, you know, pain is normal, this is something you should be feeling, um, or is this something that, you know, we need to kind of listen to. And so I think kind of just explaining to them that pain can be a normal part of the process or what pains to avoid, what pains they should feel, what pains they shouldn't feel. Uh, trying to kind of clarify that with them seems to always kind of give them peace of mind to know what to expect. You're basically teaching them that, Yes, you're going to work through this pain, and that some are, some is normal and some are, are not, and that's when y'all really trigger in when they're having something that should not be normal, and that's JT. For example, do you are you able to explain to them that's not normal? Let's figure out where that's coming from. Right, kind of have to meet people where they are uh, and explain to them that either this is normal or this isn't normal, and this is how we get it back to normal. Certain cases. Uh, pain is going to be normal, like a total joint replacement. You're going to be in a lot of pain. But you'll uh, eventually get out of but it. But you'll eventually get out <laughs> of it. Uh, that's one of the things that uh, 
that we try to emphasize is you're going to be in a lot of pain for a few weeks uh, and then you're going to be in less pain for a few months uh, but eventually uh, you're going to get better and this will pass uh, but it's going to take time and stick with it and right. stick with you guys correct right Good. keep doing your home exercises yeah that's Good. the main thing is people you know sometimes they start hurting and they're like oh man i just gotta stop and especially like in a total knee the first two weeks are really pivotal you're gonna hurt no matter what that's what i always tell them you're gonna hurt no matter what we might as well get better in the process and they usually kind of buy into that say okay the first three days are going to be rough it's going to get a little bit better but it's still going to hurt after that mm-hmm. the next two weeks are going to be a little rough but it's going to get better 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 um, and then before they know it, like, hey, I'm I'm actually able to move around a little bit. You know, I can walk. I can walk without my walker. It's a slow process, and I think most people, you know, don't expect that going in on a a, a total knee, those kind of things. But uh, and there are other situations where you know that that process can be a detriment. Is like if they have that uh, that mindset of no pain, no gain. Uh, for example, like a rotator cuff, there's a certain time period where those tissues have to heal. And so if we're not giving those tissues time to heal, then, uh, you know, if we're pushing, if they're pushing too hard or too far, they can actually damage the repair. So it is important to know what pains to feel, how much pain to feel, and it's specific to each diagnosis. So it's not just a, a blanket statement, which right. sometimes people kind of perceive. I've done several podcasts with other people from like Live Therapy in Jackson or Sports Plus. And I feel like the common denominator I hear most of the time is you guys are good at what they've said, like replicating a patient's pain to then be able to eradicate it. Is that, I guess, fair to say here as well? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, we have a, I'd say a policy. It's just an understanding with all of our therapists here at Sports Plus. We're one-on-one. We take time to figure out what's going on with you, Will. Mm -hmm. Where's that pain coming from? And like they were describing... This is normal after surgery, but when if it's just a weekend warrior, you've hurt that back and that pain's not shouldn't be there. They they sit down and discuss. Let's figure out why you have it, where it's coming from, and then start the treatments. But saying that about the treatments, I know so many people don't want to follow those home exercises. Let's jump on that topic real quick and why it's so important to do it. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of times where. Um the home exercise plan doesn't get followed and people are wondering why they're not getting better. Um, but we see in clinic that they are getting better when we do these certain exercises. So we really try to hammer that home that you're getting better in the clinic when we're doing these exercises. So, uh, we really need to follow that up and continue, um, so that we can continue your, uh, your progression toward, uh, being healthier. And why do they need those home exercises is going to be the question is if I'm listening and I'm thinking, well, I'm coming to you guys. Why do I have to do this at home? But what they're not realizing, you know, you're coming maybe two, three times a week at the most. Those other days you need to be doing the exact same thing, correct? And why do they need to be doing that? Right. So if you're coming two times a week, we might get you for 90 minutes out of 10,000 minutes in the week. Uh, So that's a very small portion of your overall week. Uh, So the real progression, the real progress comes when you're when you're following through and you're making those exercises a part of your routine and you're really focused on getting better. So it also helps those muscles react better to the therapy you are doing intense here, correct? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if you think about exercise exercise like a prescription you know if you just went if you just took your medication when you went to the doctor it wouldn't be very effective you know Mm -hmm. they give it to you to take at home 
for that purpose. And so, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, if, if you treated it the same as medicine, you know, that's really kind of the same thing that we're doing. We're very specific on the exercises that we send you home with. So um, if we're just getting them in here, like JT said, it's just not, um, it's not effective. It's not what we're uh, targeting and it's probably not going to be very helpful. Valid point. That's a good thing, that analogy there. That puts a, put a vision in my head just then that that is a good point to make sure people do understand. For sure, for sure. And it's hard to think of it that way. You know, it just we just think about exercise as going to the gym, but um, it really is a very specific thing here, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's really targeting the tissue that we're after. And it changes throughout. You know, the goal is to get patients to where they can do their normal daily activities without um, without needing to do that. So it's not forever specific time. Um, it's very specific to each patient. And those exercises do change and increase as they continue their therapy correct because uh, it's not going to be the same ones you did the first week and the second week so you definitely once you get that pattern down you'll understand the more you exercise or do the proper exercises you're sending them home with the faster they're probably going to heal absolutely absolutely and I think form's important too you know we, we JT you tell them about form I mean the importance of exercise uh, having good form with your exercises yeah we uh we focus a lot on on form in the clinic uh so that you know the proper way to do your exercises when you get home uh, so that our ultimate goal is that you don't need us anymore that we're able to to discharge you and you're able to uh, treat yourself Uh, you're able to recognize what's going on and um and be able to go back to your exercises and help alleviate that pain from coming back correct right well what about i know sometimes you send them home and you tell them to ice it as well people don't want to do that because that's cold it hurts heat always makes you happier so how do y'all handle that part yeah that's a good question that we get a lot ice versus heat should i use ice should i use heat and so there's some kind of general principles to that you know like if it's very acute if it's something that's just new i just sprained my ankle um, we lean away from the heat and there's some specific reasons for that um one is it just can kind of increase the the swelling it can increase the edema increase the blood flow too much to that area um, and just make the swelling worse so acute um, things that have just happened we want to use more of the ice um, if things are just feeling stiff it's been going on for a while the heat can help move better um, but generally we don't want that to be a really inflamed uh, tissue something that's really irritated um, we tend to lean more towards the ice when things are irritated or when they're acute and um, things that are just stiff um, you know you can certainly use the heat for that and JT's got a good uh, recipe. Um, one of the things that we talk about a lot in here is you can make your own ice packs. People love our ice packs um, because they, they kind of mold uh, to the shoulder and they're like, oh, this, mine doesn't feel the same. So JT's got a, a recipe that he's used that he likes. Yeah, a lot of people, when they make ice packs at home, just uh, put the ice from their freezer directly into a Ziploc bag and uh, it just doesn't mold to your joint or uh, wherever you're putting it on your body as well. Uh, so a a really good recipe for an ice pack is um, if you get a, a gallon Ziploc bag, put two 16-ounce bottles of water in there and fill it the rest of the way up with some rubbing alcohol. Uh, it doesn't matter the percentage of the rubbing alcohol. Uh, and then just put that Ziploc bag in the freezer and it will not freeze. It will turn into kind of a gel slushy mix and then you're ready to uh, to put it on, and that will actually conform uh, to most joints. Yeah, it's a great way to ice. And, and, you know, if people aren't comfortable when they're using the ice, they're, they're probably not going to use it. So, you know, anything sure. we can do to kind of help with that, I think, is, is a good thing. Another good rule of thumb for ice is 10 to 15 minutes. A lot of people tend to 
just leave it on there until it melts and that's not always a good thing 10 to 15 minutes and that ice has done its job it's ready to come off when you leave it on there longer than 10 to 15 minutes uh, it can actually have the opposite effect and can increase blood flow to the area and not uh, not take that swelling out so 10 to 15 minutes uh do they need to do it just once a day or can they do it wait 20 30 minutes later ice again what's what's the best way to do that yeah again that's uh really patient specific, specific. um that's for most total joints ice throughout the day is a good thing especially when they're uh, really soon out of surgery um, about 10 to 15 minutes every hour every two hours is really good for that because your number one goal right after surgery is to uh, to limit the swelling to the area good to know that's a good thing and i know also when you have an ice bag like that you do recommend having some something layer between their skin and the ice bag correct correct you want to have a barrier in between there to uh, to prevent skin breakdown and uh and adverse reactions good point sure. so like wrapping it in a towel or yes. or uh, i guess a question if i had like a, a t-shirt on and then put the ice pack on it is that enough of a barrier or does it still need to be wrapped the towel yeah you just want a, enough of a barrier there and everybody's reaction is a little bit different to that you know so you watch for redness a little bit of redness on the skin is is normal but i uh, just don't want uh, want the skin to be irritated uh, right. so you know generally five to ten minutes as long as it's not directly on the skin as long as there's a barrier in between we use a pillowcase a lot of times so it doesn't have okay. to be too much uh, but yeah just just some kind of a barrier in between to make sure it cool. doesn't get too cold and y'all do encourage patients to do that i know it's hard to get the patients to do that and i know you guys check with them when they come in and they, you know, if there's twice a week and it's been a couple of days in between their visits, I know you guys check with them and make sure they're doing it. Because I know it's hard to get them to do that on home exercise and icing, but listen to your therapist. They know what they're talking about. They didn't go to school for all these years not to understand what you're going through. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Another question we get uh, pretty often is, you know, like, what should I expect after surgery? You know, every now and again, we'll get to see patients before surgery, which we like because we can kind of explain to them what to expect and, you know, what's it going to be like. Um, and so um, <clears throat> what to expect after, um, say, for example, a total knee replacement. We talked about that. You know, you expect to be in some pain. Um, you're going to have to push it with your exercises. This is okay to feel some pain. You should feel some pain. That's what's telling you you're making better. You're stretching that scar tissue out to make sure that you get all your mobility back. Um, Another one is um, a rotator cuff repair, um, knowing what to expect. And um, I think probably the biggest thing on that um, would be the time frame. Like people just don't um, expect it to take so long. You know, mm -hmm. I think they're, they're surprised when they say, you know, I'm not going to be back at work in four weeks, you know. Um, and so I think that's a big one. Um, JT, what other surgeries uh, have you seen or had people ask you about? Yeah, the rotator cuff is a big one. Uh, the rehab for that is generally pretty long. It's four to six months normally before you're, uh, you're 100 percent uh, and total knee too. It's a long process. Most people, when they get into it, they expect to be feeling much better in, in a month when generally that's again three to six months before you start feeling like yourself again. So let me ask this question. So say that my shoulder is hurting, nothing to where like it was in too much pain, but just like a, ooh, I pulled that a little bit. Let me, let me chill out for a bit. Uh, is there a difference in 
like ibuprofen versus Tylenol versus Aleve. I know for the most part they're all doing the same thing, but like the the, the chemical makeup of them. Is there one that's better than the other for specific things, or is that is that a weird question? Is that not at all? We get that on a regular basis, and okay. we always try to stress to people that you know we're certainly not physicians, and you know you should always defer those medication questions to your physician. But generally, you know, um, the ibuprofen and the NSAIDs are for anti-inflammatory, so they're trying okay. to calm down that, in, that inflammation. Um, and then uh, one of the cautions with that is if you have any kind of a gastrointestinal disorder, if you have ulcers, um, that's something to be cautious with. Um, Tylenol is more just kind of a pain relief to kind of calm the pain down. So if you're actually trying to, to change the process, then typically more of an NSAID kind of medication would be uh, good for that. A Tylenol is going to be more of just kind of calming the pain down. Uh, but certainly, you know, we always kind of defer our patients to that and say, make sure you talk to your physician about what medications you're taking, that kind of thing. Gotcha. And a lot of times the physician will tell them what t- they should be taking. And that's, you know, a good question. You're, the doctor tells you, well, hey, I need you to be doing uh, a leave and ibuprofen. Well, they don't really tell you, explain to what, it, like he just said, that's an anti-inflammatory to mm-hmm. help reduce that around whatever, if you've had a surgery or if you've got that sprain going on versus the Tylenol. And a lot of times you'll hear after surgery, we want you on Tylenol right. because that is more for the pain. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those that we just listen to the doc and don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And then when you get here with the therapist, they really do explain it and explain why you need to be following the rules, what the doctor has said. Right. Because we all have our favorite. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I love my Advil's. They work. (laughs) But when you know Tylenol may be better for the pain, you go that direction. I think, too, like people bounce back and forth. I mean, I'll be honest. If I have a headache or my neck is hurting or something, some, some days I'll take ibuprofen or some days the Tylenol is just closer to the front of the cabinet. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just take that. Okay, cool. But now you know. Now, yeah, now you know. So that's now great. you know Tylenol is more for that pain. <laughs> yeah. And then ibuprofen is for the inflammation. That's, mm-hmm. I yeah. never knew. Thank you. I learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> and then another thing on the medications, you know, we get a lot um, is, you know, I don't want to take my pain medicine. I don't want to take pain medicine. For a total knee, um, they come in and they're hurting. And, you know, sometimes there are specific times where, you know, somebody doesn't need to take pain medication. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've, um, if they've, had a, a history of abuse or, or things that they're worried about that, they can certainly talk to their physician about that. Um, and so, you know, we wouldn't push anybody in that regard. But if sure. it's just out of principle, I'm stubborn. And so, like, I want to be tough and I want to not take the medication. <laughs> um, and then I don't get the range that I need to get. So um, don't be afraid to take the medication to kind of calm that pain down. Um, it, it's, again, one of those things that's, that's painful, and it's good to manage the pain so that you can uh, do the exercises you need. It's all for a time. So. That's a good point. We get a lot of people after total joints that uh, don't want to take their pain meds because they've watched all these stories on the news and they don't want to get addicted to the right. to the opioids. Uh, and what I tell those people is if you don't want to get addicted to them, you are not going to get addicted to them. Yeah. You know that you're only taking this medication for a time. It has a purpose and that when that uh, purpose is over, you're going to stop taking them. Uh, it's just really as simple as that. And doctors are under strict regulations now, so they can only prescribe you a certain amount so they know what you need mm-hmm. during that time frame. So it is hard to get, and I'm like kind of like Matt now, I don't need that pain pill. I'm good. I can push through this. No. You kind of need it, like you said, so you can get that range of motion and push push through it. So I do understand that part. Sure, <laughs> I, sure. I do. I don't want to take the pain meds. I'm good. <laughs> but I've had to learn new. No, 
That's, that's why they prescribe it for you, because any other time they're not going to prescribe it. These are some great questions we, we get all the time from mm-hmm. our, just our patients or the general public that want to come in and talk to you. Um, one of the things I like to encourage is if you are thinking about having surgery or know you're going to have surgery, come on in and sit down a time. We don't mind talking to our patients. Come in beforehand, see what you would expect. Sometimes the doctor will send you here uh, as prehab. Come and talk to the therapist. It might be come and, and learn how to use your cane or your walker, mm-hmm. correct? They send them over for prehab to t- so you guys can teach them how to do that. Yes, you have to be taught how to use one. For sure, especially with a cane, like something that's just on one side. Um, it's really funny because everybody will always say, well, I'm right-handed. I use it in my right hand. Uh, but if you think about what a cane is designed to do, a cane is designed to kind of help us keep balance, not a lot of weight bearing. You know, a walker is really designed to take weight off of the legs. Um, but a cane does still take a little bit of weight, and it really affects your center of gravity. So um, if you had a, a, a surgery that affected your left leg, you'd want the cane in your right hand because it shifts your weight away from that surgery leg. And so it's so opposite of you know, what people think about. They, they think, that, you know, well, the left leg's the one that's hurt, so I need to put the cane on the hurt side, uh, but it puts more weight on that leg. So generally, um, that's one of the questions we get a lot. Or they just go, I'm right-handed, you know, and so it's <laughs> easier to use on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's a, a question we get pretty regular. Yeah, and if you just look at uh, how we walk in general, um, your arm swing is a normal thing. So when you're taking a step with your right foot, your left arm is going to swing forward and your right arm is going to swing back. So the natural placement of your cane is in the opposite side of your affected uh, yeah. leg. So uh, that's a, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that at first, but it just takes uh, a little practice to get used to it, and it's a really normal motion. That's yeah, a great point. The goal is to get back to normal mechanics, and that helps with that. And when we're saying mechanics, it's the, your body mechanics of how you're walking or how you're sitting or how you're standing, and that's when we're referring to mechanics, yeah, correct? Yeah, that's right. Well, this has been a great conversation. Listeners, if you have any questions for JT or Matt uh, or Kathy, um, Matt, what would be a phone number people could call? Yeah, our clinic number is 731-286-1115, and we're glad to answer any questions. We don't have all the answers, but we'll be glad to talk to you about them or try to find you an answer. That's great. And listeners, I'll put that phone number in the description as well as their emails underneath their names. So if you didn't want to call and you wanted to send an email, feel free. Or check them out on their Facebook page. Which is Sports Plus Dyersburg. Give us just reach out on Sports Plus Dyersburg and we'll answer any questions for you. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in today. And this has been another episode of We Talk Health.